Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I believe we have stars in our sport, but they will never get seen because you've got that mentality looking over their shoulders. Keep doing you, I'll keep doing me. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Actions Detrimental. I'm Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 for Jugibs Racing. And moving on to the round of eight, my co-host is... Jared Allen, uh, Pro Vest Guy 560, also moving on to the round of eight as a NASCAR photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have a bracket or something? I mean, or just, no, you know, just you're, drivers that we're you associated just, with. You just hop on the coattails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, you know, you're going, I'm going with you. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll get into the playoff field here shortly. Uh, but some off-track stuff, we always kind of cover that a little bit first before we get into the race today. Uh, it is tonight, right after the race. Um, there was a 2024 schedule released. Um you know, I looked at it. Uh, it. You know, I think I feel probably the same as others. It was very underwhelming. Um, and then I, you know, there were some moves by NASCAR in the playoffs that um, I didn't agree with either. I didn't see many that thought this was a good idea uh, in the spirit of competition. Um, but, you know, this is just kind of a. When I saw the schedule released, I'm like. Clearly, their objectives and the teams and the drivers' objectives are different. Um, when I looked at it, I'm like, from a corner's perspective, I'm like, holy cow! Like, you know, we got two super speedway races and the clash. We've got to travel here, got to travel there. Just really, really hard on our people. This is really hard on our people. It's really hard on um, you know getting our equipment ready for the start of the season. I know in particular with 2311 moving into a new headquarters in soft season, we're going to be working uh, nonstop, but hopefully the reward is we've got a better place to work. Um, but, you know, I looked at kind of the schedule. Obviously, I don't even know that they really put the fans first that much. I mean, putting Atlanta in February. Um, it's going to be cold, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I guess the rationale that we got from, uh, the guy that made the schedule, Ben Kennedy was that, you know, the Daytona 500 is a type of race. Um, and then we go, we have traditionally Ooh, gone even, to, I didn't even think about that, that now you have Daytona followed by Atlanta by, two super speedways. Right. I didn't even think about that, that part of it. So you agree with that rationale that the the common fan tunes in and is like, wait a minute, this is totally different. So you would rather, you see that aspect of it, I guess is what you're saying. Yes. That it, it works I, I you from, into the other types of tracks that we're into. It's not full-fledged super speedway racing, but basically is. Yeah. You're saying you, you disagree with that. No, I agree with it. Oh. I just think that they're grasping for straws on. I don't think that matters. 
Although, I agree. Although, although, if super speedway racing is what attracts the average fan or maybe someone who doesn't watch NASCAR that much and you watch the Daytona 500 and you come back the next week and watch a boring race at Phoenix or wherever mm-hmm. we typically are, now you're getting to watch probably an exciting race at Atlanta. Okay. So maybe that draws you in two weeks in a row? Yeah. I I was thinking about it from like the team owner standpoint, how you said now you're going to go crash crash your car two weeks in a row. Right. Go total. Yeah. And, and my people too, that have to travel out to LA for the clash Daytona. It's a little bit better now that we don't go right back to the West coast. So that part of it is better, but you know, car count and whatnot with you only getting a certain amount of cars. Um, you, you certainly can crash a lot pretty quickly. Um, you know, but then uh, you just scroll through the middle of the, the summers, whatever. I'm trying to make sense of this, and you help me make sense of this because I see this as one way, and I need you to, Travis and Jared, to tell me why I'm crazy in thinking this. Putting Daytona as the last regular season race I thought we were all was on the board. best thing we have done in a long time with our schedule. I agree. No, I 100% agree. I thought we were – that was the first thing I saw – looking at the schedule is that Daytona was not last. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were all in agreement that this is great. That the regular season finale finishing in Daytona was one of the best things NASCAR has done. Yeah. I mean, it, it just gave everyone, right? 25 races to point your way in. And if you just ain't going to get their own points, you got that one race exactly. at, at the end. Everyone has a chance. Try. Yes. Right. And then you got the bubble people like, Holy shit, I hope someone new doesn't win. And now, I don't know. I just can't make sense of the change of not just moving it out from the regular, but moving it one week. I guess what explanation, you know, again, I'm just using Ben Kennedy's media availability here to to try to rationale with the thinking of this, is that... Well, Labor Day weekend at Darlington means a lot. Who gives a f- about that? I, I don't get it. Like they're they're putting emphasis on like that people really care about. I well, I'm going to Darlington because it's Labor Day weekend. No, you're going to Darlington because you live in the area and you like NASCAR racing, right? Yeah, I'll say as a, like a new fan, However, I, don't, I don't care that Labor Day and Darlington go to like it doesn't bother me as a new fan. I don't give anything I, about it. However, can I say this? Yeah. Or are you going to be devil's advocate? Because I need it. Because I yeah. Don't people keep... <laughs> people with normal jobs have off on that following Monday, right? Okay. And this okay. race is at six o'clock and ends at midnight. Okay, I I see your point. I see your point. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think about it. Is now, that my, my the, kids get to go to that race, and I, I'm wondering, and I usually stay the night after the race because it's so late. And I guess you're right. They don't have school the next day. And this weekly schedule is kind of f***ed up because of the Olympics. So, so stupid question. Why not just run it Saturday night then? Why does it have to be Sunday? Yeah, no, no. It doesn't fall on the same date every year. It's just Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you could. 
Okay. So mess up the Xfinity scheduling? I don't know. It's just... I scratch my head and I bang my head against the wall sometimes because I think that NASCAR makes decisions to, you know, make a very small crowd that maybe it seems loud on social media or something. I, I don't even know. That ain't this. That ain't this problem. But they just sit here. It was like, yeah, we're going to make changes because our fans want blank. Like, what fans are you hearing or seeing? I don't. Let me throw out another one. Saturday night uh, for NBC would be college football that weekend where the NFL probably hasn't started yet. So they want that Sunday night. Okay. Well, it has become abundantly clear to me then we have too many f-ing races. We're trying to fit this schedule and uh, it's got to start here, it's got to end there. And we're trying to jam 38 races into what should be 32 at the most we're never going backwards because nascar makes makes way too much money per week but it's clear that that we have these scheduling problems because we have just too many weeks way too many weeks right I mean, yeah i mean your season is now ending a week later because of that olympic break so we're running from so, the so beginning of I tell casual people that how how your long is your season? season is even shorter. How long is our season? Uh, I usually say from you know Valentine's Day to the week before Thanksgiving. What? Like and that's not accurate. It used to be, it used and to it be. will be next year. <laughs> nope. It yeah. starts the it starts the first week of February. Oh, I know, I know. I I meant you, I thought you were talking about the back end. Oh, I know. I've just been hedging. On the later, I tried to give them a point of reference, right? I hate saying February 1st, but like... Your season starts February 1st. Why don't you just say (laughs) that? Because I don't look at the dates, right? I'm just saying, you know, for being in this series for 20 years, I just say it's it's Valentine's Day to a week before Thanksgiving. That's our schedule. It's like, well, when do you have off? Mm, December. Because they start us right up with media first first week of january like it's just the schedule is just a toll it takes its toll on everyone it's taken a toll on my mental health clearly i am unwell when i look at this schedule i haven't even got into the fact that they added another road course and another super speedway to the playoffs for, I, you for know what, what it's we worth, got, at least it's in the first round, where <laughs> is if you win five races in this regular season, you're probably going to get through regardless. <sighs> I don't know if it's the carbon monoxide that I took in today that is making me feel this way. But I'm just telling you, I just, I don't get it. And it makes me question what does it... Who's making what decisions when we make these decisions? Because they clearly keep pushing the envelope into let's make this as novelty as we possibly can. We will, ne- you know, I, I, I saw a stat online that says um, that the winner of the, I, I, I love, you're going to love this, the Winston Cup was the guy who had the lowest average finish nearly every year except for. Mark Martin, Mark Martin, and somebody else. So 95% of the time. In the playoff chase format, I hate using chase because that's gone. That was a sprint thing. Is that twice has the 
best overall competitor through the year actually won the championship. It's all been just someone kind of swooping in at the end. Yeah, I mean, not to get off. What? Of it. What did I? It's felt right, more or less, for the last handful of years. Other where than the was year Joey Logano for twenty weeks last year? He won the championship. I bet you. I bet if I asked you right away who won the championship last year, you'd be like, like you would scratch your head for a second. Right. But the way I look at it is, if you get to that final race and one of the guys wins, you can justify being the champion. Then it's all right. Like the only, the time that was really bad. I'm not the, saying there hasn't been diver, deserving champions. That is not what I'm saying at all. Because if you make it to the final four, you, you got a shot. I, I get it. I'm just saying you have now added more. You are not testing the driver's skill as Ben can We want to test the drivers. That is such baloney. They're testing how good our luck is because as we've said a billion times that when you go to super speedway racing, it's not you that typically messes up. It's someone else and then it involves you. And that's not your fault. You were running, you were doing what you were supposed to do on that day. So I'm just saying when they add this in, like it just feels like they're like, we're really grabbing at storylines. We we need we need to knock some big names out early. That's gonna be our storylines. That is not good for the sport. Period. It's not good. Um I mean the, you know, the, the f- format nearly knocked out Truex in the first round, nearly knocked them out again, and not nearly. He, he Well, we'll get into that. His car is no longer in the playoffs, by the way. 19 cars out. Truex is in, 19 cars out. That's a, that's a chink in the armor that you might hear that story in the Final Four at Phoenix. But I just, I listened to Jeff Gluck do his, uh, an emergency podcast on the teardown about the schedule. And when he went off, when he talked about putting Atlanta as the first race in the playoffs, I mean, he that 30 seconds to a minute, I share those exact same feelings. And it feels like I am, I must be going crazy because am I the only person that sees that they are just continuing to make this gimmicker, gimmicky, gimmicky, more and gimmicky. gimmicky, and more gimmicky every single year. We just want to throw all these. I mean, they might as well have us run backwards in a figure eight. You know what? The champion will be the whoever's got the biggest balls who doesn't lift in a figure eight race. That'll be our champion. I, we might as well. What's frustrating, right? Is is and I and I say this more as. I say this equally as an owner and a driver because I invest a lot of my money in back into this sport and we try to run well and we try to put fast cars on the racetrack to get results. But when you put these, what you know are tracks that the drivers, you're not seeing their skill. You're just seeing who comes out of the carnage. That's what they're doing, right? They're not seeing, man, this guy just beat everyone today at, at Talladega or the Atlanta. No, they just survived the carnage, and then they made the right move at the end. It just seems like NASCAR's objectives and our, object, our objectives as a team, my object, 
objectives as a driver to try to be the best I can be at all types of racetracks. There's just an element that you cannot control. Luck is a bigger part of of our sport than any other sport by a large margin. And they keep increasing that margin year after year with the decisions they make in the playoffs. Or grasping. And it drives me crazy we keep grasping because there's been nothing from TV ratings that supports these wild moves that they keep making. Mm, see, there's your key argument. Right. It's not, they're, they're not getting the bumps they're hoping for. So, so the actual core fan, in my opinion, starts to see through this and say, you know, I see it. You're not even secretive anymore about what you want, right? It, it, it's just agitating because we work really hard to, to be the best we can. Um, and you just feel like, you know, it's, we've shifted the line from sport to entertainment way too far to one side. Um, that's kind of my rant on it. Um, listen, the rest of the playoffs is all fine. You know, I think that, you know, we, we will eventually get to, you know, probably the right final four. Maybe if, if, if your favorites, that have dominated all season don't get knocked out in those first couple. There will be. There w- it's just that's numbers. That's the way it's going to happen. Um, then we'll, we'll we'll just try to survive. I think that that's that's just as part of it. But you know, I, I get it. It's a rant. Um, we're not going to do anything to change it. Every year, it's just going to keep getting roger and roger. We just got to deal with it. This is the sandbox that we chose to play in. That's what we're talking about today. For what it's worth, this is really a good spot to mention this because it feels like it, it's, we're coming down a little bit from your heated ramp. But I can't remember who it was. Someone had said that Watkins Glen in the summer sells very well because it's a destination for families to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Now it's in September where kids are back in school. Mm. Are you going to have as many good point. Camp- people and, and one thing I would on the weekend? S- I, I don't know. There's always a cause and effect to everything. Like, it seemed like I love wa- the spin of, oh, this is great. And it, it depends on what radio show you turn into. But, like, it's great. I, I see exactly why they made this move. But 90% of the people who actually are in the sport or see, like, see through it all. We see through it all and, and see that, like, the, a lot of the moves were not, we don't think is going to be favorable. Um you know, it's like short-term bumps like most time lead to long-term failure. Like we got to just get everything a little better versus trying to reset, reset. Let's reset the score in the bottom of the ninth and let's put everyone on base. And it's, it's what it is. But I agree with you when it comes to Watkins Glen. It's hard because I'm I keep trying to steer off on this tangent again and you you were trying to reel me in a little tighter zone here. Let's talk about Watkins Glen. I agree with you. Watkins Glen's a very young uh infield. When you go through there, it's it, they they pack it out. They do a phenomenal job. Um I don't know. We don't know what the It was by no means broke. No. No, no, no. Now the on track. <laughs> maybe. But putting it in the playoffs isn't going to fix that. No, no, it's just, it's going to be, 
you know, a, a lot worse. You know, it just depends on what happens between, you know, listen, they're not going to add more horsepower, not going to take, uh, you know, grip out of the tires. So basically it's, it's, you're going to see a lot like we did today. It's you, no one's going to be pitting. Everyone's going to pit before the stages and then you're going to run wherever you're going to run the rest of the race. Um, not much movement after two laps on a restart. So, um, it's a struggle. The short tracks are a struggle. Road courses are a struggle. There's no secret to that. Uh, but yeah, so Watkins Glen, welcome to the playoffs. They, listen, they're a deserving facility. They, they, again, like he's Jared said, they, they pack it out. They do it right. Um, Atlanta, absolute head scratcher, no explanation whatsoever. Um, there, you know, we don't know what goes on between SMI and NASCAR. We, we don't know. So uh, who knows how that ended up happening, but it did. And now Darlington's your regular season finale. There will be no shockers there. You're not going to have an upset uh, win at the Southern 500. Uh, I, I do see the aspect of it where the Southern 500 deserves its own weekend because it is a big race. It's a big major. Should it be part of the first round of the playoffs too? Mm, maybe I get that argument. But last regular season race, not sure. I think Daytona was the perfect place for that. Um, what else we got? Well, yeah, I don't I really I don't, want, I don't, I, just so you know, I, I really wanted to have about a 30, 40 minute podcast today. So let's, <laughs> let's get to it. Is Coke zero sugar the best Coke ever? I know that's a bold question, but it's got that irresistible taste to back it up. Well, one thing's for sure. When you've got an irresistible match, like zero sugar and zero calories, something sensational is bound to happen. It's like when me and my co-host Jared team up to make a podcast. It's too bad you can't taste with your ears because Coke Zero Sugar tastes so amazing, it's hard to put it into words. But hey, that's my job, at least on Mondays. You have to taste it for yourself. Coke Zero Sugar, the best Coke ever. Well, while you're on your soapbox, this is good because that warms you up for this next topic, which is Jeff Gordon's comments. A quote from his uh, two-minute-long clip that was posted on Twitter this week. Let the sponsors market you. Let the sport figure out how to market you. Build your brand through who you are on social media and be the best that you can be. He was um, referring to you and that he thinks you are a bit too controversial for your liking. While he applauds you know, and gives you kudos for building your brand and the alter ego that you may be playing, he does not want any of his drivers doing that because he thinks it's a distraction hmm. he's saying is that i like it but i don't like my guys to that's well, that's what my takeaway was well that sounds like a guy i don't want to go to war with he's like hey i'll go to war but you get up front right i mean jeff gordon said that i mean that is how to stunt NASCAR growth 101 is say, ah, that's too controversial for us. Call us stiff, but, you know, I'm wondering how has his sponsors marketed his drivers? Because I think his drivers have great personality. Anybody know? No? I haven't seen much either. Um, so I'm... So he wants me to sit back. He's not. He's saying he, he likes it, just not. He thinks it's a distraction right. if it was on his team. Right. Well, thank God I don't drive for him. How's it a distraction, though? This isn't like 
Has he been watching a race in the last 12 weeks? Well, it's not like football where, like, if you're the quarterback, you say something and, like, they're going to go talk to the receivers. Like, they're not interviewing your pit crew and, like, asking you about you saying you're going to get white hot. Like, I don't see how it's a distraction for your team. I don't get it. I'm confused. I I don't get it, and I'm confused as well. That's why I'm asking. Well, he did reference going into, like, how how do you go into a competition meeting with that type of – persona right that that could be a distraction clearly it's what, not a distraction what in is your a distraction company. that i'm getting booed all of it you stirring the pot things like that i, I go this in monday show. and i'm a professional because that's what professionals do they go into a meeting and they act professional i think he's been to one too many burning mans and also, if I'm if I'm Mavis, I'm happier. To, you know, like you're creating all this news because guess what? Cars being shown pre race a bunch. That's he's going against the logic that he said twelve months ago that he wants his drivers doing more things, and he I, he's basically saying I want them to be tidy, not controversial. Win races, yeah. Um, I couldn't disagree more. Um, I'm, I'm glad I drive for Joe Gibbs racing. Um, I'm glad I run the, run my team the way I run my team because I will never run my team saying things like that. Um, that's his opinion. He's, he's allowed to have that opinion, but certainly think that that is, uh, the absolute wrong way to go. If you want star power in the sport, you're not going to find anyone that agrees with what he's saying. For what it's worth, the majority of the comments on Twitter actually are disagreeing uh, with what he says. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't him and Dale have this beef that helped grow the sport? Wasn't that a distraction then? You're you're being too logical, Travis. Just don't don't put facts in in a good story. But yes, yes it was. Um obviously he has not seen uh the eleven cars performance lately. Uh you- today today is a small small bump in a road. Uh, but hey, we, we did what we came to do. do we, you, we, we kneeled it, uh, on, on third and long instead of Miami running a play. Do you think it's easier being, uh, as outspoken as you are this late in your career versus the, it's know, just, it drives me crazy. No one else has got the balls to be honest, you know, and, and it's not the driver's fault because they've clearly got white collar standing over the back of them, making sure that they don't do it. Like, that's not good. That is stunting growth. That is stunting star power. And I believe we have stars in our sport, but they will never get seen because you've got that mentality looking over their shoulders. Keep doing you. I'll keep doing me. The Roval. Race reaction. Um, uh, you advanced early on. I guess that's a good thing because yeah. you didn't finish the race. I mean, I wanted... <laughs> I really wanted to flip both stages. I really tried to talk Chris into that because I knew we would battle for the the front. I mean, all the guys that were up front there at the end, we were racing with the first two stages. Um, but man, I I just uh, we had to we had. We wanted to leave the racetrack with something. We wanted to go into next week leaving the Roval with something. And what we thought was going to happen, and well, it looked what, like was... What is something? Like a playoff to, point. Okay. 
So a stage. So either win, or win or the race. race or win a stage. Right. That's either one point or five, because we're resetting all these points all over again anyway. Yeah. Right. So did you realistically think during this race that either of those was mm-hmm. in the car? We were. We were going to win stage two. So we were battling. So as you saw, the nine car was about to pit. Right. From the lead in yep. stage two. So he knew, Mike, Mike, you know, uh, Gabe Hart knew that he was pitting. The 20 car, he knew that he was going to pit because he was going to flip the stage as well. That leaves me. Okay. So the 20 car was also yeah. coming to pit. And right. if not, I was on his ass about to make, you know, if, if we both stayed out with two to go, like we were, it was going to be a good battle because I had just ran him down really, really quickly. Right. Um, so I think, um, it just worked out crummy to where that caution came out. And um, there was only like six of us that had stayed on the racetrack. And we all went to, I, I came off pit road and I looked, nobody behind me. I was dead last. It's, I ended up finishing there anyway, but it was like, I just knew that yeah, the day's over. You're not going to finish. I mean, remotely in the top 15 at that point, unless there's extra cautions and, and whatnot. So it just, we, we, we wanted to leave with something. We didn't because of that untimely caution. We were only going to, we were going to win stage two and then we were going to finish way back in the pack anyway, uh, because we were going to go for that, uh, one point, uh, but it didn't work out. Um, but you know, talking about some of the guys that did work out for Tyler Reddick, uh, he was able to go through the field somewhat when he had a tire advantage, he was. I, you know, I watched the last 25 laps of my bus and he went nowhere. Um, clearly the fastest car early on. And then you just put them in dirty air and they just, no one goes anywhere. I mean, it really showed at the end of the race when I thought with 10 or 12 to go, a caution came out and, um, and it was like, man, surely there'd be more, there'd be more cars that pit and nobody pitted. Because I was thinking, oh, this is good for Bubba because he pitted under green waiting for a caution, He'll but then there spots. was nobody that pitted. Uh, he still was able to drive up. I, you know, I got to give kudos to Bubba. And yes, I'm, let me be a homer here. Um, he did a phenomenal job this weekend. Uh, qualified up front, stage points both stages, which is hard, by the way, because uh, you're going to have to come back to the front. And, um, and drove back up to 16th. So I was. I thought it was one of the best road course races, probably the best road course race that he's driven. Um, just came up short, you know, it was just not having any playoff points going into this, uh, playoffs. It was always going to be stacked against him every round he started anyways. Uh, but I think he, man, the maturity he showed, uh, during that weekend, uh, the, the great interview he had after the race, just being, you know, very matter of fact and respectful and very humble, uh, great job by Bubba uh, and that team, uh, even though they are not moving on. 45 team, they were down uh, below the sure. below to start the day. They just they dominated early and uh, knocked Kozlowski out. So um, we got Kozlowski's out, Bubba, Chastain, Bush, and any surprises for you there? No, although it was interesting at the end of the race that Kyle Bush was battling for the race win. And that would have really turned these playoffs on their head because you had Truex, yes. Larson, and Reddick, I believe, were yeah. all within four I was, or five points. Right. I, I was watching that, too. And I was like, 
and I was telling the people in the bus, I was like, you know, man, if if Kyle wins, I'm looking at, and there was like five people within two or three points. I'm like, like who would be who would get knocked out? Would be we could have a major favorite be knocked out. It could be Larson. It could be Truex. Um, it was it would have put this whole thing upside down. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't. I think he he gave Kyle gave it really everything he had. That, that's they've been top five material most all the road courses this year. Um, but you heard in his interview, he said, you know, this is about this is about what we had, right? And I agree with that. I think he drove it to the absolute limit of what it was capable of, and it had nothing else <laughs> left in the tank. So, um, you know, he, his playoffs in, and he even mentioned that you know Talladega and uh, Texas are the ones that really caused this to happen, not this one weekend. And I agree with that. Uh, Chastain, he gets knocked out. It was interesting. I was watching him uh, at the end of the race because he was making tons of moves towards the front. He pitted like Bubba did, um, you know, hoping for a caution, got it, and then he drove through the field really, really well. And again, he had 20-some lap uh, advantage on tires, but he was making it interesting because I kept watching the bubble, and it was like, well, he's minus 27. Next thing you know, he's like minus 13, 14. I'm like, man, you know, Truex at that time, he is just struggling he is just like trying to keep it on the racetrack and um, I'm like man then he got Bush battling for the lead you know certainly a lot to to look at there and uh, but there was no you know no real surprises I guess from my standpoint uh, out of this round yeah I think the the change in the playoffs is what most probably predicted going into it that Reddick would would jump Kozlowski. If there's going to be any movers between those out and those in, that it, that was going to be the switch because of how well Tyler runs on road courses and um, how Brad has has struggled a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, and certainly after the race started, Brad had a, a penalty and he had pulled over a few times for a stop and go. So right. Not all that surprising. Yeah, and you know he hasn't been all that strong on road courses this year. You would say he was just, he was kind of the weaker of the you know kind of bubble guys or the guys you know plus or minus that whole group. He had been kind of the uh, weaker of, of that group. He was the most vulnerable, I guess you could say, and and obviously that vulnerability uh, caught up to him when he got the guy right behind you to start qualifying on the pole, and you know he's gonna win a stage it's right. going to put tremendous pressure on you to, to go out there in, and in a way you're already down exactly right yeah uh, i mean i don't and then you look at the talladega wreck right i mean now he caused it <laughs> so yeah you know that that certainly uh ended his day and and put him in that vulnerable spot but um i mean i think we got you know tough eight guys out I'm, there and what you got what do you make of Thank um you. Stop and go penalty for Bubba after he gets spun through the bus stop. Like, do you like that rule? Do you think that needs? Yeah, to I mean, at? if you if you change it, I, I agree. He got the crap end of the stick, and and most people that get knocked into a situation where they didn't make the corner because they got knocked around, mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a double bad deal for them. Um, but it's it's what happens for sure. Uh, that was that was a bad deal. Daniel just uh, blew the corner and hit the two, and the two hit A, and 
A hit B and C spun out. Like it's just it's just a ricochet of cars when you get uh, get down in there and someone misses it. It just causes complete havoc and Bubba obviously uh, got the tail end of that deal. So uh, that was unfortunate. And and then you saw kind of the it was interesting the C Bell and Suarez. I you know I, I wondered because I was like man that kind of looked egregious. But I did see a lot of highlights as I was sitting in the bus and they're showing highlights of the race before it's over. I'm like, I saw two or three instances where the 99 just kind of used up all the space and ran into the side of you know, that guy or this guy and the 20 kept getting the short end of the stick. And it's like, surely he's not going to, you know, he probably had the mindset, I'm not going to run into him and deliberately take him out, but I'm just going to, you know, not... I'm not going to, you know, spare any space here and there. Right. It was interesting. Seabell asked, he's like, did I touch him? It's like, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, so destroyed the 99, knocked him out. But uh, again, I, I think that it all works out in the end. I think the 99 had a, uh, had a tough day for others. Uh, he made it tough on other people's day as well. I'll tell you one thing. One thing I learned being back there in dead last place um, after that stage is, sheesh guys back there holy moly they run into everything i mean <laughs> it's amazing they're willing to just crash your for 33rd like they're just i don't know i was certain that ricky's car caught on fire from the tire lockup because he locked up tires every single corner <laughs> i was falling behind him and it was just a smoke show every corner i'm like surely something caught on fire and roasted that car. I'm only joking because he was laughing in a tweet. So he's taking it casual. I'm taking it casual. But that's not a casual situation. This car burned up. Uh, unfortunate for that team. They got to pay for whatever happened there. And um, I know NASCAR tried to – we've had this problem before, and who knows what happened. Could be rubber. Could be debris. Could be something. We don't even know. It's hard to speculate. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, – it's different racing back there. Man, you got – you definitely see some correlation to uh, the the ones that spin out and wreck the most. Uh, they, if, you can see how it happens for sure. Uh, it's wild. Uh, but anywho, uh, what else we got? We got uh, Eric Jones. Um, he got, oh, I think Stenhouse got him. I think Stenhouse got Eric Jones. He was in the middle, got Eric Jones through turn two right there, and then McDowell came crashing in uh, and got caught up in it. But that's just that's roval racing. Not much else you can say about it other than that's that's the roval. That's why we love it. I thought the not to go back to the schedule thing. I thought the roval was out based on Dale Jr.'s comments. I thought once me Dale, too. Dale Jr. said hinted at the Roval might be gone. I was like, it's, it's gone now for I, sure. I loved when Marcus Smith was like, you know, it's unlike any other sports facility that you can see the, you can see the, the round track and then you can come watch it in a stadium. It's like, wait a minute. Doesn't Indy have that? Doesn't Daytona have that? I just, and aren't their tracks a little better? <laughs> I, I just, I, that's what we should do. Go run the Charlotte dirt track. Or we could run that little quarter mile right outside uh, turn three. Yeah, what if you can connect it all? You go down through the tunnel, 
there's out a the way track to the quarter mile come back through i the bet tunnel. you they would i bet you they could find a way for us to do that that'd be great i think surely there's a way we could run all three tracks in charlotte and put on a great show for the fans you could have seating inside the stadium and outside you could choose to sit at the dirt track or sit at the quarter mile wow so many possibilities wow Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet 5 on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. The stakes are high as the round of 8 kicks off this week in Las Vegas for the Cup Series. With so much on the line, make sure to tune into Dirty Mo' Doe as they handicap the field and recommend bets to watch. With props, parlays, and more, there will be action to follow all race long. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code DENNY. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's code DENNY only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 and older varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash autoracing for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. Is your outlook on the – you predicted um, the Final Four earlier this year. Is your outlook changing now that you know who the, the round of eight is? My prediction was me, Truex, Byron, Larson. Yep. Is that what it was? Yep. Well, that's chalk right now. Um, those are the guys above. Um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard to argue that uh, – I mean, the. I, I, do I think us four will make it? No. I think there'll be someone in the below that will have a good, solid three races or they'll win. Uh, but it'd be hard to argue that the the top four in the standings right now are not the top four um, in performance for the year, right? I mean, just maybe not in the old Winston Cup format, but I'm just saying, you know, just how they're running. Who's a threat? You know, who are your favorites every single weekend? It's it. That's pretty much it, right? Recently, I mean, Truex has not I been a favorite know, recently. I know. I there's something in my gut that just feels like Truex is just gonna fucking turn a switch on and then all of a sudden be Truex. I'm curious. I keep waiting. <laughs> I asked you this question because I'm most curious. But he said in his post race, if you listen, he was like, "Now we finally get to some freaking tracks that like." Yeah. We can control our destiny. We know what we got. You would say that about Darlington too, but they had an off weekend there. Right. But I'm at, I still got tons of faith in, in him and that team. I'm asking more specifically about a guy like Tyler Reddick. Not sure that anyone necessarily predicted that he'd reach the round of eight, but I mean, we go to a few tracks here, one of which being Homestead, looking at his career finishes at Homestead in the Cup Series. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. You tell me. I mean, <laughs> I I agree. I think he's. I mean, I think he's a guy now that you need to be worried about in this round I, of eight. I, I certainly think that. Oh, I am. I, I you know I've said all along. I I consider these guys competitors. Right. 
you know, uh, yes, they drive for me, but, you know, I always want to grasp the goal closest to me, and that's to be a cup champion. Now, I can achieve that this year. I can be, you know, I got plenty of time to be a, a championship winning owner. So I'm rooting for them to finish second, <laughs> not, to, <laughs> not to win. Uh, I do. I think they're going to be tough. Um, the racetracks, I, I don't know how it lines up for him, but he's fast. I mean, what can I say? They're, I know their cars are fast. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I think it's going to be – I think it'll be who puts – who has mistake-free three weeks. Right. And well, then, tip, And tip, then, you know, of course, you're going to have a couple lock themselves in at least. I mean, typically I think, the, the narrative when we get to these – round of eight races is that you're going to have to win one of them to get into the final four. Yeah. It's I less mean, about you're points. at least, yeah, you're always going to have one get in on points, obviously, because right. there's three races, four spots, but, but yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to really be good and you have to be good. All three. You, th- there is no, unless you're going to win, you're right. You there, there's no mulligans. Now you, you got to be on kill these last these next three i i think it lines up great for us we'll see um vegas next week anything in particular no um i look forward to vegas i don't always practice well there certainly don't always qualify well there but i always race well it's like that's my kansas that's my kansas 2.0 it's vegas i don't know what it is about the racetrack but it just seems like i I, it takes me a day to get up to speed there, and I, I think uh, I think I think we'll be good. I, I do. We mile and a half's been great. Where are we at at that Homestead, right? Homestead Martinsville. Yeah, it's a good track. I mean, do I feel as good probably as uh, Larson or Reddick at Homestead? No, I don't. But I feel like we I can be kind of the next. You know, um, you know. Do I think that I'm just going to go there and start? running the wall good night night. do i think i'm going to start running the wall as good as those guys no but late race restart we're on the bottom could pass them and win so i don't know i think that uh i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a shootout it's going to be very close i think it's it always comes down to martin zill that you know what happens at the end of the race but i think this year in particular with this group of eight um, while the chalk, while the favorites are up at the top now, I don't see, I think it will be hard for all four to do it. It's, they've got the advantage, but there's just always someone in the bottom that wins a race that you didn't plan for. Yeah. Looking at Reddick, I think he's the one who could be most likely to do it at a track like Homestead. I mean, Bell, Bell did it last year in Martinsville. That's true. Yes. That's true. Are you uh, bringing any friends to Vegas? Are we going to have any good social media content in Vegas? Uh, we always do. Um, yeah, we, we go to Vegas a day early, uh, enjoy the sights and sounds and the bells ringing in the lobby and all that stuff. <laughs> be scooters this year? Uh, yes, there will be. Ronnie hats and scooters. Yes. Okay. Yep. Looking, looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Back it up, Terry. And speaking of Vegas, uh, Dale Jr. and Friends uh, this Friday. Ooh, this Friday. Tickets still available. DirtyMyMedia.com slash live. Will not be. Good plug there. This will not be shared publicly, correct, No, th- yeah. This is not being posted anywhere. Mm. What time is it? 
Vegas time. I believe it's seven Vegas I'm time. I'm guessing it's an evening. Time. You can Google it or just go online. Um, still time to get tickets for Dirty Mo Live. Dale Jr. and friends, head to dirtymomedia.com slash live. That's where you can find the answer and where to purchase tickets if you're interested. Review from Cooper, the mega fan. My son is a huge fan of Denny, and he finally got to meet him at Talladega. He stopped to chat and take a picture. Denny could not have been more awesome. Great experience and great podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for that review. Uh, We will continue to read those out each week. So thank you. Appreciate you tuning in, and thanks for tuning in this week. We will see you all post-Vegas. We're out. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.